When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't think anything would shock me more than during an episode of Ed being like, guys, we break. I need a cigarette. I would just be like, what? what? <laughs> Everyone loses it. Like, what? I have a bag of cigars in my purse. Yeah, I was going to say, if Edwin gets a smoke break, I'll, t- I'll take up smoking. I'll do it. <laughs> Edwin goes and we all go. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains. That are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. For your business paper needs or Dundamip, then the people purses paper people Dundamip, then the people purses paper people Dundamip, then the people purses paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and leader of the anti-flashing task force, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, and I know the crap out of women. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> got her. We got her. I was trying so hard not to listen so that I, that I had to listen to no one to talk. <laughs> oh my god, damn it. <laughs> Today we have a special guest from Dunder Mifflin, Kansas City. I'm Kayla Higgins, and oh man, am I a woman? (laughs) 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 And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, uh, Mr. Alex Ward. Sweet baby boinkers. I don't have a drop. Guess why? (laughs) Can't be because you're on vacation again. (laughs) <laughs> certainly not <laughs> i'm not on vacation but i am in california um <laughs> people would say i'm on vacation but i'm not i just work remotely guys mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway it is sunny out there i am i'm robert california right now so feeling good down here you know where i am is in borrego springs where i famously recorded uh in a van outside the library uh, oh, not yeah. two years ago, so I'm back there. How so come it's you're the not Wi-Fi. doing that? <laughs> you're not in the van again. Go, yeah, Alex is in like a go get in hot, your van, like a Toyota Corolla or something right now. <laughs> no, actually, I'm actually right next to a router, so if the internet's good enough. I don't have to be in a van by the library. Uh, every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, this week, we're very excited to have Kayla as our guest for a Valentine's Day episode. Mm. Uh, after that, we've got some some trivia as well, I believe, uh, provided by our uh, Scott's Tots on Discord. Um, uh, various MSPC listeners from Facebook oh, great. and Discord. Fabulous. Oh, uh, before we get into all that, um, guys, do we have any housekeeping to start off with? Uh, you know, I, I, the only thing I'm going to talk about in the housekeeping right now is our Discord. Uh, we have our our Discord moderator, um, 
who, who runs this show. Uh, Kayla's here. Yeah. So, so yeah, give us a... By the way, the Discord, open to the public. There's there's a private channel for Scott's Tots, for those people who decide to invest in their life. Uh, there's also just... <laughs> Anyone can, anyone can join the Discord. We got tons of channels. Kayla, what is going on? What's popping off in the Discord these days? Oh, uh, we got all kinds of things. There's been a lot of uh, episode talk lately, mm. and some talk about your guys's new podcast, Captive Audience. That's really been yeah. taking off. People nice are plug. loving talking about that. Nice plug. Yeah, we just did T <laughs> two Judgment Day. Uh, really fun. Had a great time doing that one. Check out. That's got its own. I think that separate... was our most fun episode yet. Yeah, it was really fun. That's 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 got its own separate podcast feed. Uh, so search for Captive Audience in your preferred podcast listening <laughs> platform. The Discord uh, link is in the show notes. Um, and in our uh, Instagram bio, and nice. our Instagram bio. So check it out. Well, let's get into Valentine's Day, Kayla. This was a, a great suggestion uh, that you came up with, and, and uh, I'd love for you to tell us. Why we're doing Valentine's Day this week. Sure. Thanks, Sean. Um, so in the Michael Scott Podcast Company fan group podcast, uh, we recorded <laughs> talking about how you guys talk about females on The Office. And in doing so, we've, we kind of stumbled upon the fact that you guys have never done a female pairing episode. Yeah. And while we were we were exploring that idea, uh, we kind of came to the conclusion that you wouldn't be able to do just one pair. And that would sort of have to be an episode talking about all of the female characters as pairs and their interactions together. Mm. Uh, so that's essentially what uh, we're talking about today. Because in the past we've I done, we've it. done, you know, we did, we've done Dwight and Andy, we've done, you know, Michael and Pam. It's Michael always, Pam. yeah, there's always yeah. a, mm-hmm. always a dude in the mix. But um, Michael and Edward yeah. are meow. <laughs> <laughs> i know it's like we we did we did leo and gino before we did a female pairing so uh yeah andy in the wall yeah. <laughs> nice to get uh nice to get called on that one so yeah i think we i think we i there's now that i'm thinking about this um yeah the pairings between the female characters are often they're kind of fleeting they, they come and go from time to time but but i'm excited to get into yeah it. they're kind of more like um moments just tiny mm-hmm. moments in the office. Yeah. I'm curious. Not when you, really, they're usually not a big arc. When you think of a female pairing, like just uh, of all of you, like what's what was the first one that came to your mind? For me, it was Pam and Angela. Yeah, same. Same. <laughs> I thought Pam and Phyllis. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Close your Close mouth. Close your mouth, sweetie. You look like <laughs> sweetie, a trout. You look like yeah. a trout. <laughs> <laughs> Insert that um, drop. Since Nellie is one of my favorite characters, it was Pam and Nellie. Oh. Pam and Nelly is really good. Pam and Nelly's fun. Yeah, Aaron and I think Pam's Aaron and Kelly. One who Aaron and Kelly would be. Uh, Aaron and Kelly, you know? subtle sexuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, there's. I mean, I feel like there's a there's a lot to to talk about when we when we brought in it to the 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 whole group. But um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I think I mean a, a good place to start is it. Is maybe like you know Pam's got so many. Pam certainly has the most relationships. Um, yeah, as as she is, you know, kind of the main character of the show. But um, uh, since you mentioned uh, Pam and Nellie is one of your favorites, Kayla, what that I think that's a great one uh, to start with, just because like uh, Pam's really the one who stands up for Nellie too, and when yeah. uh, the rest of the office decides that she hate they hate her. 
Yeah. So, um, I mean, Pam does a lot for Nelly um, in the seasons that she's in. Um, I mean, starting with uh, one of my favorite moments is when Robert California is trying to get Pam to get the voicemail of. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When he drunk calls her and Pam's Pam end up uh, she deletes the voicemail. And then she like, you know, she hears all these things about what's going on in Nellie's life. And, you know, Nellie later offers to buy her sandals. And she's just like, you know what? Get those sandals, even though MasterCard is right where Nellie wants them. (laughs) (laughs) Buy an Arabian slipper. (laughs) Um, And then like, you know, Pam lets uh, Nellie drive her car uh, (laughs) so that she can try to pass her driving test. And then whenever uh, Pam's mural gets uh, defaced, Nellie is one of the people that joins in to try to help her figure yeah. out who did it. Mm. That's right. When uh, when they are on that drive, you know, Pam is talking about how much she likes hanging out with Nellie. And then, I mean, as she's talking to the camera, Nellie kind of pantomimes hitting the car repairman over the head or something like that. Um, <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of when, uh, I mean, the injury when she's kind of like, Dwight's kind of my friend. But it yeah. does seem like Nellie is actually Pam's friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, I feel like this is something Pam kind of throughout the course of the show is almost. Uh, I think there's several times over the nine seasons where she mentions that, like, she doesn't totally have a friend in the office. And, like, there's no one, at least until Aaron comes along, there's no one necessarily her, her age. And she doesn't get along with Kelly at all. But I think this is this is a thing. Whereas I think a lot of the other male characters in the office are sort of don't have a problem having a kind of a friendship with each other. You just don't see it as much with the women. And like Pam, really up until it does this with Nellie, and eventually a little bit with Meredith later in Lice, like never really see yeah. friendships formed and established. Um, and she, oh, Karen, again, is also the closest, but there's a lot of layers on that one that's make mm-hmm. it hard. So. Um. Yeah, she's almost in search of a friend for nine seasons. That is I a feel- great point, Alex, because yeah. that's part of why she has her outburst in beach games. Yeah, that's, that's true. true. Yeah. Sean's Sean's favorite <laughs> episode and moment. <laughs> I I know that is funny though too. Like I feel like it, in early on in the series, like it seemed like the women did get along like a, a little bit more. And like, I, I'm thinking specifically of when somebody's written something mean about Michael on the bathroom wall. And oh, like, yeah. they, they kind of like, uh, you know, it seems like they're like, all you know, all giggling about it. They've all like decided that they're not going to tell anybody. Like, I feel like that bond between them all seems to kind of wash away as like their characters develop. And they're all kind of like, you know, they can't really relate to one another anymore it is true that like in the early in the early seasons there are more moments of maybe the office together laughing at something or having those more like sort of camaraderie moments just because we don't know them all as individuals yet like i'm thinking of when they all laugh during healthcare when they're reading the fake diseases um but yeah as it goes on all the characters have such defined personalities and i mean i think it's a trait of comedy or sitcoms i should say in general that like they don't show a lot of the characters laughing a lot of the time um, because it doesn't always, I mean, you're supposed to laugh at the scene, but they're all supposed to be taking it seriously or something, something like mm-hmm. to that effect as an audience member. Um, 
but yeah, it is true that there's just like less sort of camaraderie together. Although I think one thing that the office does relatively well is that it creates some of those small moments, like you were saying, Kayla, like maybe if it's not as many like reliable relationship dynamics, because there is a lot of contentious scenes between Pam, Angela, Phyllis, Kelly, whomever, for many, many, many reasons. Um, but every now and then the show does create these nice little moments. And I think Pam and Nellie, like their relationship does a really good job of that. This is this is sort of established early on in the show too with with um <clears throat> with boys and girls uh that episode uh in season 2. I mean this is like you know we're the show is still very young. Jan comes in, leads a women in the workplace seminar. Um and even like the way that that Jan reacts to all the women in the office, it's like there's not a lot of hope from Jan. Where she's sort of like, yeah, we're trying to find, you know, leadership potential or whatever. And, 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 you know, Pam is the only one who shows any, like, she mentions graphic design. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it's like almost right away that the, the Jan kind of sets the tone of just like, I don't really have anything in common or get along with anyone in this office. And um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't think that's necessarily how it would have played out later in the in the show. I think it was so early on that, like, Jan being there, Jan is like, you know, um, such a huge, powerful corporate figure. At least that's what it feels like at that stage of the show. So when she comes in, it's almost like everyone freezes up a little bit. And I mean, that that episode itself just basically devolves into the most boys club episode um, <laughs> before D'Angelo gets there later. It's like, it's crazy. It's like, that's almost the... The illustration of kind of what we're talking about of like that. this episode about yeah, a women in the workplace seminar becomes David Hasselhoff in the warehouse and pizza, like with the boys. It's like, come on. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I think one thing that uh, you kind of like, if I think about this dynamic or the way that it plays out in the office, like so much of uh, the like let's say boys club male relationships are the things that we see the pairings that we've alluded to in previous episodes, I think come from the fact that Michael is the manager of Dunder Mifflin and Michael gets so much spotlight. He's at the core of so many plot lines. And so he naturally creates, and then you look at Jim and Dwight as these very, very major characters. So it's like, it's, it, it establishes that, but like Jan for her part, doesn't as, as the corporate uh, figure does not really have like the, the same sort of uh, dynamic with anyone in the office, even yeah. when uh, I'm trying to think of like, I always butcher this line, but I think Pam says like, Jan, how was, uh, how was the meeting? And, uh, or something like that. And, uh, or how's your day? And Jan's like, not good. Like they, they like, they totally miss each other in terms of the yeah. question and the answer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or is just, hi Jan, not good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay, that's thank, right. Thank you for thank you for helping me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like just a total miss, like in terms of connecting as human beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jan Jan's a really interesting character with this topic, just as she's the most, you know, at least in the corporate setting, the most high achieving woman character uh, that we have on the show, and she's also pretty polarizing yeah. and not like a great people person. Um, no, not at all. I think she's initially <laughs> seems like not a bad. She doesn't seem like a bad boss for Michael. It's just Michael's just a bad, just very hard to manage. I am I'm very difficult to manage. Um, yeah, I mean, but yeah. Like, what, what first? Do you, how do you feel about Jan, Kayla? So I mean, like the first interaction that we get between two females is actually between Pam and Jan when mm-hmm. Jan is asking mm-hmm. about um 
Michael having the memo to go over their meeting. Mm-hmm. And like just from right, right there, it really sets the tone for like Jan just not wanting to put up with any of Michael's crap <laughs> and just like <laughs> can't believe like what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and like Pam is just like very sure, like tells her the truth and stuff. So like, uh, it just it's very interesting that they're the first two females that talk to each other. Uh, yeah, that, they're pretty in the different. First episode. Yeah, that's a huge mm-hmm. power dynamic too between Jan being the corporate uh, liaison and then Pam as the receptionist. Yeah. Um, I mean, Pam said, like, sorry, Jan's such an interesting, I mean, I, I really enjoyed when we did our episode on Jan because like, you know, I think that she's a really interesting character and that she's, you know, she's, we don't see a ton of women working at corporate, especially in her level. And you can only imagine what she's had to put up with to get to where she is. And then to finally like, you know, now her job is to manage the unmanageable Michael Scott and like, you know, what a stressful job. How could she possibly also have, <laughs> you know, the capacity to like, you know, relate to the women of Dunder Mifflin Scranton? Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they could, probably could relate on a bunch. They could talk about Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what that seminar should have been. Talk about yeah. failing the Bechdel test, but you yeah. know, I'm sure they all needed a little event session about Michael. I actually that would have been really great if that that really awkward meeting just dissolved into can we talk about Michael <laughs> and like, oh like God, just going around and saying all the inappropriate yeah. things he said to them. <laughs> The men's instead, one devolves well, into talking about Jan. <laughs> yeah. Instead, what, yeah. Instead, what we get to is kind of Kelly being a bit of a bully to Jan and being like, you know, what does it mean if Michael says he got to second base with you? That's a sports term, right? And she kind of <laughs> gives like a sly look to the camera. She literally winks at the camera. Yeah. She winks at yeah. the camera. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting because, you know, when we think about these moments, these relationships, like Jan is not a peer to the workers or the staff members of the Scranton branch. And it's funny because if we think all the way to season nine with uh, the whale, uh, the women in the office are trying to teach Dwight to sell to female clients. And then when it's Jan, they tell him to throw it all out the window. Um, So it's very funny that they're like trying to teach him how to like act, you know, treat women like to listen and to to do all these things and, and, and show interest and, and, and these things. And then all of a sudden it's different when it's Jan because she's never appear to the women in the office, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I, uh, I mean, I think like I can think of so many, um, you know, not very like friendly relationships. I think like Angela with anyone, but Angela and Phyllis certainly. Yeah. Um, for sure. But, Oh yeah, but they're I pitted do. against each other all the time. <laughs> but before we go down, uh, like all those uh, relationships, I just like I love. I want to say like the 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 friendship between Aaron and Kelly is is really really great. I mean that th- there's almost enough content there for for an episode. I feel like, mm-hmm. um, I mean it's it's a it's a strange dynamic. You know, Kelly definitely holds the power <laughs> in the relationship. Yes. Aaron yes. likes to have I, someone to look up to and Kelly like enjoys having someone to kind of lead, I guess. 
you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i mean i don't i don't blame her the way the way ryan treats kelly like she absolutely would want someone she she could like have some say in what they do <laughs> yeah how, how to yeah, think sure. and behave you know <laughs> yeah um i well, love that kelly answer. stands up for aaron um whenever yep. uh <laughs> jessica comes into the office and yeah. Kelly, like, right off the bat, is like, you want me to, like, go after her? And she's like, and Aaron's like, ah, no. And then, like, you know, halfway through the episode, she's like, game on. <laughs> and then Kelly's like, on it. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Oh, my God, God. Did Jessica, did you, did you fart? fart? Did you fart? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it's done. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Maybe the best moment of female friendship on the show right there? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, Possibly. like, Aaron and Kelly, like, Unfortunately, at another woman's expense, but (laughs) (laughs) over a man. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But but we also see Aaron and Kelly like kind of like living their dreams and like, you know, just like, you know, that they're sitting in the backseat of the car, both listening to their own music. And they're like, it feels like we're in a limousine like or like or that they create things together. They create their uh, their music duo and uh, and a music video and everything. Maybe Ryan's Mm -hmm. a big part of that creatively. But uh, I mean, it's just nice to see them having fun almost the way that Michael and Dwight have fun. It's also nice to see when Kelly is dressed up. I think it's casual Friday and Aaron is like, you look like JLo. It's like one person that recognizes what Kelly's kind of trying to do. You know? <laughs> yeah. And kind of sees her well, what yeah. she's going for, which is really nice. Uh, and and Aaron has that line of like, I mean, that girl can do it all. Like she, <laughs> like, she uh, looks yeah. up to Kelly like no this, wonder this incredible Andy wants role her. model. She buys yeah, all her clothes like, with them all. Yeah. All, yeah. What all her clothes with them all. I think at one point too, Kelly's like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do- I was gonna donate a bunch of clothes, but you should totally look at them in case you want to buy them from me or something mm-hmm. like that." Yeah, uh, whenever she's moving to Miami, Ohio. That's right. That's she's right. like, "I love, I love that pantsuit." And she goes, "Oh, I meant the clothes that I was gonna give to Goodwill anyway." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kelly. Another, another. I think big, kind of iconic. Um, female interaction early on in the show is, is the fashion show, fashion show, fashion show at lunch. Yeah. Um, and yes. another Kelly, Kelly and Pam and Kelly and Pam don't have a, they, they have their moments over the course of the show. A couple, um, Yeah. I, Cause I mean, yeah. Kelly also sets Pam up on the date with her neighbor. That's uh, right. The, car, the awkward oh, right. cartoonist guy. And then later on, of course, Pam uh, tells Ryan off. Poor Kelly, even though they end up making out later. Uh, <laughs> but Pam also right. sets up Kelly with Robbie. So yeah. they kind of look out oh, for yeah. each other a little bit. Yeah. I think it's also That's worth noting true. that Kelly is disappointed that Pam doesn't write a more meaningful message in her. What is the book that they have? It's not a yearbook, but it's like when the branch is closing. She asks uh, oh, yeah. Pam to sign her book and she's like, dear Kelly, best wishes love Pam. And then she has to be like, what a long, <laughs> long, strange trip it's been. And then Kelly. Like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like the office like, directory or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kelly like expects yeah. more from Pam with that. Yeah. 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 That is a good point, Kelly. I haven't really thought like they do. Pam does have, have Kelly's back often. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Although, you sort of have to when you when Pam knows Ryan as well as she does, where it's like, I am going boo. to keep my eye boo. on Kelly at all times. <laughs> boo. Boo. <laughs> 
Or just like, uh, there's a couple of times it's just like, Kelly, why are you, why do you let him do that? <laughs> like, right. She, you know, and to Pam's credit, she, she's not, she doesn't force Kelly's hand or do anything, but she tries to just sort of be a, be the angel on Kelly's shoulder a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kelly also really wants Pam to come to Diwali. She's like, I don't understand. Why won't you come? You know, like she's like, there's, there, uh, there's the element. Oh, yeah. It, it's, yeah. Um, it might also be worth noting that they do get into a lot of trash talk over ping pong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that is so good. <laughs> and then they play each other and they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to go play upstairs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ham's uh, kind of caught perfectly in between, you know, the, um, the, the like very highly conservative Angela and the totally like wild Kelly, like she's just can't yeah. really can't like uh, she, she gets judgment from really both of those people. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. A lot. I think that's one of the <laughs> yeah. difficult things is that Pam is often re- like facing so much judgment from a lot of the other female characters in the office. I mean, Angela specifically, but like, even I think about, Kelly too, like I mean, we just talked about that that episode, but like sometimes Kelly must be like, that came out wrong. Uh, I would really like to be there because I really like to support Jim. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, or 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 Phyllis, who tells Pam, you know, uh, when a new like client calls, you have to select a salesperson <laughs> randomly and not just who you're sleeping with that week or something mm-hmm. like that. It's just mm-hmm. like, whoa, oh, man, <laughs> yeah. Or when she walks in on them in the uh, Pam and Jim in the break room, and she's like, "Oh, didn't see your hands." Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah <the way. laughs> like, nope, nope, it's fine. It's not. <laughs> Nothing's going on. <laughs> it's, it's funny because we talk about this series of moments, right? And, and we're just going to, I mean, continue to kind of brainstorm moments that come out. But like one that, yeah, kind of that stood out to me in prepping this episode is from Women's Appreciation. When uh, Pam is there to suppose, supposedly, Pam and Phyllis are in the conference room supposedly to do like a sketch of the alleged mm-hmm. flasher. And Phyllis is like, I didn't really get a look at, good look at him. And Pam's like, it's okay. I don't really want to answer phones. Like, yeah. Those are the mm-hmm. moments that like kind of make the office what it is, you know? Because like those moments that you yeah. have with like, it, it is the beauty in ordinary things. It's like a little moment of connection where it's like, it's fine. Let's just waste some time. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. To yeah. quote Stanley, this is a run out the clock situation. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Just like yeah. upstairs. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and there's characters like Meredith who are, that's kind of all they're trying to make are those kind of moments. Like Meredith is just trying to chill for the most part. She's like, if anyone brings up going somewhere or whatever, she's just like, you need a ride. Do you want to go have smoke a cigar? Do you want to, <laughs> you want to hit a poor Henry, a poor Richards on the way back? Like she's just trying Hell's to hang yeah. and. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Meredith, I think Meredith is a bit of an exotic flavor for a lot of the other people where it's like, sometimes it's good. I just don't like a lot of Meredith. It's just, it's a lot, I think. It, that right. is funny how like, yeah, Meredith makes all the women uncomfortable. I'm thinking of like, Jesus, <laughs> Meredith, and wearing your panties. <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, when Pam is too tired to go to Diwali, Meredith's like, do you want to come over to my house? We go out to Sex in the City and drink apple teenies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. That does yeah. sound great. <laughs> Doesn't sound fun. Like I think night. people need to give Meredith more of a chance, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Pam eventually does whenever they go get drinks after work. 
during the Lice episode. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I think Pam realizes how much fun Meredith can be and how strong of a woman she is because she's like, I the single parenting is hard. It's not easy. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Right. That's very much the uh, Andy talking about Oscar. He's delightful thing, but yeah. it's very much the Pam and Meredith have that moment. And Meredith feels like one of the strongest, like most independent female characters on the show like she seems to truly oh, sure. have yeah. no fucks given about like what anyone thinks of her man or woman and does not like i don't think she subscribes to any kind of you know normal gender roles that would be in an office she seems to completely be outside of that or just not even care yeah she's really just like doing her own thing and uh just you know if she wants to sleep with somebody she will if it, even yeah. if it's just for snake coupons. <laughs> even if it's just because we made a promise and I can't remember who I made the promise with. <laughs> and anyone yeah. could say that they did make that promise and lie about it and she'd still sleep with them. Yeah. <laughs> Meredith, you know, fem- feminist icon. Meredith Palmer. <laughs> Marinator. But, I mean, she also, like, she supports Jakey. And, like, everything. I mean, whenever they do the uh, raises, they're discussing the raises. Her first thing out of her mouth is my kid needs shoes you're gonna tell me i can't buy shoes (laughs) (laughs) except for saint patrick's day no kids no kids (laughs) not today not today (laughs) she cheers on jakey yeah there's uh there's also okay i don't know i think i missed talking about this when we talked about um our season nine draft, but like there's that moment where Oscar's or Dwight is trying to prevent Oscar from getting hit with the pipe. And he's like, Oh yeah. There are a bunch of men down in the warehouse, uh, (laughs) doing gymnastics and drinking diet sodas and something like that. And then Meredith sprays Binocta in her mouth and goes, Yahtzee. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. And it's like, like I feel like Meredith does not have a problem with anyone. All these people have a problem with her, yes, and like totally yes. judge her for the way that she's living her life. But she is fine with everybody. Yeah, I don't think she has a single judgmental moment. Like, at, is there any point where she she like she has any ill she's will the, she, or like she does ill will, but like j- cast judgment on anybody? She doesn't think that it's a good idea for Jim and Pam to get married. But besides that. Well, she draws the line at, uh, she asks everyone in the room if they're in a relationship. Are you in a relationship? (laughs) And she has a very specific, uh, hey, don't cut my throat. (laughs) I don't like it when guys cut my throat. (laughs) Another example of her being a strong woman. (laughs) Maybe this one where she's judgmental of Dwight. Stop bagging my head. (laughs) Yeah, she's very direct. She's yeah. She has all the qualities that Jan seems to be looking for in her women in the workplace mm-hmm. seminar. <laughs> but <laughs> but Meredith isn't quite fully fully baked at that point as the character. Um, mm-hmm. But it would have That's been true. funny to have that women in the workplace seminar like in season eight would have been a really funny oh, scene. Oh man, that would have been, been phenomenal. Been great. <laughs> yeah, they do it again. <laughs> right, and Meredith, uh, Meredith, like, yeah. I mean, Meredith tells off Luke. You know, turn off the chumba wumba and scram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, as a listener, you may have had this on your MSBC bingo card, which is we get off, we get a little bit off topic and just start talking about how much we love Meredith. <laughs> 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 we sure do. So true. We sure do. Uh, but we should, we definitely need to talk about another uh, 
pairing, which is Angela and Phyllis. Now, like, even though they're like hey, enemies, how about, this is not. Sean, how about before we get to those two, how about we take a short break? Oh, let's say we do. DraftKings Casino is bringing you only the best classics like blackjack, roulette, and slots, plus exclusive games you won't find anywhere else. Me, I am a blackjack guy. I enjoy posting up at a blackjack table for hours and just kind of letting my stack float, hanging out with friends, playing some good old-fashioned 21. I did this with Sean about a year ago in Vegas. It was a fantastic time. But look, it's not that easy to always get to Vegas or to a casino to do that. Plus, a lot of people maybe don't want to be in a casino. You know, it can be smoky. It's loud. You, you don't want to deal with that. So instead, you could just play on DraftKings Casino. Download the DraftKings Casino app now and use code MICHAEL. New players get an instant deposit match up to $100 in casino credits when you deposit $5 or more. That's code MICHAEL only on DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly, 21+. plus. Physically present in Connecticut, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia only. Void in Ontario. Eligibility and other restrictions apply. One per new customer. Must opt in and make a minimum $5 deposit within seven days. 168 hours of registering new account. Max match $100 in casino credits, which require one-time playthrough within seven days, 168 hours. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash new player offer 2024. Welcome back to the Michael Scott Podcast Company. We are just talking about Phyllis and Angela. I think this is a is an interesting relationship, too, because... Again, I think it passes the Bechtel test, even though they are enemies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At points. I mean, because like there's the hole where Phyllis is blackmailing Angela because yeah. she knows about <laughs> her and Dwight. <laughs> That's a large chunk of their, that is, <laughs> their relationship. That is true. You know, I know. That is very you true. Know they know. A lot of it but, is uh, a party planning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Most of it is party planning stuff. Yeah. Most of it is about power. Uh, yeah and control um but uh but uh, man i do love like that is really like one of the like i I love when there's a big shift in a relationship in a show and it really takes its time with it like i mean it's seasons of angela uh lording over phyllis and then finally at the end of um at the end of season four we get (laughs) Mm -hmm. that that change um and her little but gray also, head like, is undermined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, I mean, this is kind of how, again, like, just kind of talking about women in the office in general and how they relate to each other. I mean, one of the first things that we ever see is the party planning committee, where it's just women. Um, it's just Angela, Pam, and Phyllis, and you know, Angela kind of establishes that dynamic right away of like. They, yeah, they, like immediately they that they can't like they can't trust each other. They can't like be comfortable around each other. Like she's just gonna like shoot down ideas and um and use language like whorish, um, <laughs> <laughs> just entirely uncalled for. Yeah, I mean they have a, a you know Angela has a pretty biblical sense of like her femininity, and Phyllis uh, is does not subscribe to that really at all. Um, 
you know, once I mean, once she sort of is in this in the relationship with Bob, I think she seems to not that it was to Bob's credit, but her character certainly starts to stand up for herself a lot more um, than she used to. And like, I mean, Angela's a straight up bully to her, you know, and I I think she starts to fire back a lot, um, you know, whether or not it's deserved. But but it's it's one of the only kind of uh, ongoing sort of contentious relationships between female characters on the show. Um, there's certainly some, I think some Karen and Pam stuff in there. Uh, but that's, again, that's more plot driven than, than character driven necessarily. Sweetie, if I don't have time to answer your email, I don't have time to come over to your desk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think something that helps with Phyllis's, uh, confidence also is that Phyllis, the actress herself, originally wasn't an actress. She was mm-hmm. helping with yeah. casting and was brought in because she did a table read. And they liked her table reading so much that they threw her in there. Um, so I, I know that she was extremely uncomfortable in the beginning uh, doing yeah. anything. And so she just got more comfortable being around everybody and being a, an actress. So I, yeah. that also helped a ton, I think. It yeah, kind Phyllis of Vance played by Phyllis Smith. It kind of mirrors her arc on the show because I, I mean, you think to Office Olympics in season two, where she's like, Are "You calling me a hoe? Whoa, is that trash talk from Phyllis?" Like <laughs> Phyllis has Phyllis like grows so much and like comes out of her shell in such like a nice way. Like yeah, cut by the from end, that she's Olymp- kind of a loud Olympic. personality. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say cut from cut from that Office Olympics moment to like her listening to Fifty Shades of Grey in the office. You know, like very different. I love different when she in in Cafe Disco, another one of Sean's favorites, where she's like the music is playing and she's like, "What the hell?" And she goes down to start dancing with Michael. Like I love when Michael turns and he's like, "Phyllis." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. You but know, again, also. It's, it, Ahead, uh, what, I'm I'm sorry that I'm really sad that we are disappointed that we didn't get more Phyllis and Meredith, like mm. because that seems yeah. like a perfect pairing, and all we really get is them talking about the erotic cakes. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, like I can't even think to, of yeah. another time. Yeah, because I think we I, get more yeah. Phyllis and Karen than we do Phyllis and Meredith. Mm-hmm. True. I think Phyllis and Ke- Phyllis and Meredith is almost too strong a, a duo. Like they would overpower Michael, you know. Like mm-hmm. she has a big together. personality. I have a yeah. big personality. <laughs> it's explosive. It can be explosive. Yeah. I have to tell you guys exactly. the erotic cakes thing. That's something I've always wanted to use as a job title in the intro to this show, but I was always kind of worried it would be too much and people wouldn't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> just be like I'm Edwin James, and as someone who buys a lot of erotic cakes, it's Nice to be represented on one. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, you 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 should use that yeah. one. You mm-hmm. you could use that one. Okay, yeah, when you least expect it. Yeah, you can save that. No, um, the, I, I forgot about that scene. That's such a funny scene where Meredith's mm-hmm. like, "No, these are real cakes." Like, yeah, <laughs> wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's I'm, I'm kind of struck as we're talking about this too even as we bounce around the characters like like you kind of much touched on this Edwin. Like it's a lot of moments, but mm-hmm. there's just very few sustained you know, sort of rela- female relationships on the show. I mean, outside of I'd say what Kelly and Aaron maybe, but again, that's doesn't start till like into season 6. Right. It feels like. Yeah. Um I think, I think it was really explored with Pam and Karen, um, 
but you know, knowing that Karen is really only a season three character, um, and kind of what what right. goes into that, it's it's they they definitely had their moment though. Like they they really were you know allies there for a bit, um, planning the party and and it was kind of a nice change of pace to have, you know, the two of them being like, well, we're doing our this party and we got our own stuff going on, and it it, it like totally felt different, even you know just even that one episode. Um, yeah. It definitely yeah, brought a different energy to the to the mm-hmm. show. It's nice to have someone young, young in the office. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's well, and then like, like you know, yeah. uh, no, I was gonna say um, that even I mean Pam, you know, sticks up for her whenever Jim is, you know, on his hissy fit about Karen moving into the house down the street. Yeah, so, right. So like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I mean I do think about how like uh, you know. It, it, to to look at that relationship through Karen's eyes, it's like she's probably like, this is great. I'm like developing like a good friendship in the office with Pam. Things are going good with my boyfriend. Um, yeah. And then like the slap in the face that comes with the with the beach game speech. And uh, and of course, Karen responds to by saying uh, Pam is kind of a bitch. Well, and mm-hmm. even before that, like Phyllis is the one that breaks the news to her that Jim right. even has a crush yes. on right on Pam. Yes. Yeah. But I think at least too that you know Karen does deal with that well and that she puts that on Jim and not on Pam. True, yeah. Um, and, and like and Karen too is a strong character. Like she's she takes she goes from that she like leaves, she becomes the boss somewhere else. Like she is not she doesn't like wallow really. And she, I mean she's vulnerable too where she says she tells the camera crew like I cried up with that guy for 2 weeks. You know, like yeah. I wasn't, it wasn't easy, um, but she, she really was kind of, kind of destined for, for greater things. I do like what she's like, Jim, sure. uh, stay back a bit. And she just kind of lays into him. <laughs> oh, I, oh, it's such a good moment. Yeah. And, you know, if Jim you want to see such... me, you could just call me like an adult. <laughs> I know. Jim has the most kid in the principal's office energy in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like oh sitting there. God. He makes it, he tries uh, to make himself so small, but John Krasinski is such a large uh, man. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Uh, do you okay? This is something I've been just kind of thinking about, but it seems like maybe the reason that we don't see more female friendships uh, within the mm. office staff might be because if I think about all the different characters in the staff, it seems like some of the female characters don't seem to have as much in common. And I don't just mean in terms of personal interest. I mean like in terms of their ages, in terms of their working responsibilities, in terms of like their mm. overlap. Like when you think. You yeah. know, Kelly works in the annex, right. but who does she have the most in common with? Aaron, who sits further away. Sometimes it feels like Phyllis almost has more in common with Stanley, who sits right across from her. You know, mm. um, well, Phyllis right. is the Jim only so woman much in sales. They Angela's so the only woman together. in accounting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Jim and Dwight clash so much because not only do they are they both salespeople, but they sit so close. You know, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I just wonder if that's a contributing factor. I'm not saying that's the big reason or anything, but it's just something that I'm right. kind of thinking about um, as we have this. Conversation. I mean. Yeah. It's almost like, I mean, you saying that almost kind of makes me realize like there's not a ton of close friendships in general, right? It's like, I mean, besides like Michael and Dwight and Jim and Pam, like, you know, there's not a lot of like, you know, actual like we're best friends, like. Right. right. Yeah. And even like right. Michael, like fights that with Dwight, like he doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, not. I feel like not until like some, there's some Kevin and Andy with the music later on, but that doesn't come till yeah season eight. Like that's, that's true. 
Annie and Daryl, they're um, kind of bros. Yeah. Annie and Daryl, bro down. Yeah. Only, the only, only white, per- only white people at his Andy's barbecue. Manager. Yeah. Daryl's yeah. 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 <laughs> also kind of, I feel like he can be bros with anyone, really. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, for sure. Ar- yeah, Aaron and Daryl are also kind of bros. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> true. There is also, you know, it makes me think of that moment with Pam and Angela where Pam is like, Angela, you seem so happy. I bet you wish you were like this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like that's kind of sweet, but also kind of mean. <laughs> yeah, as kind of mean. Um, mm-hmm. I think we could probably also talk about like, perhaps that comes from, uh, you know, there's not a lot of women on the writing staff of the show. Certainly, Mindy Kaling. I think we could mm-hmm. probably talk about some of the behind the scenes um, or behind the camera, uh, kind of women in the workplace as well. There, but before we do it, too, I, I, we really need to talk about Joe Bennett. Uh, I feel like she's a very mm big figure who's sort of looming in this discussion because she's like sure. i mean talk about a version of jan that doesn't implode on herself like a dying star oh, uh yeah. or collapse yeah, it that on actually herself has like a dying it star. together like, mm-hmm. joe bennett is like the f- fully realized jan who's like totally the master of her universe she is mm-hmm. brimming with confidence and her Close abilities are best friends with Truman capote she <laughs> slept with some of the same guys she's got an airplane um you know, so she's, the best printers and all the one machines Korea can make. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, and I mean, she she comes in with a completely different presence than any other female character, you know, thus far on the show. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, certainly Jan has that early on, but the way Joe comes in is she's just like, I'm in charge. And I mean, tonally for how long the show was on, uh, by the time Joe Bennett comes around, you know, we're like enough time has passed where it's like hey we should we really need a much stronger female character on this show oh, yeah like, we're like it just wasn't so realistic confused and born point. down <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> joe there's books in my chair <laughs> i think too that like you know i mean joe offers something too where she is um She's the perfect person to not only like come in and manage Michael Scott, but, um, you know, it it works. It's unlike with Charles Minor, where he kind of comes in with this like heavy handed, cold way of managing, you know, Joe Bennett is, you know, still very like, you know, warm. And, you know, that it's kind of like maybe more of her like feminine style like is you know she's she does she listens and like she uh right. i mean she also has she's an incredible no less of sense pushover. of humor no right. no yeah. not at all not at all like and she's that, every bit as as you know as with with charles she's every bit the the sort of corporate mover and shaker but she's she certainly mm-hmm. approaches it from a much more like she meets people on their level mm-hmm. well or, and, yeah. or I mean, jim's waist she's this way on the surface or not on the surface but at first let's say where she's like who are you know another bunch of heartbreakers and who's this tall drink of sun tea like she has like this very sort of um <laughs> friendly folksy way of introducing herself but then when it comes down to it she tells michael enough you know she tells uh, michael and jim deal with it boys like she has like she yeah. will you know um lower yourself game i don't want i don't like speaking to your crotch like <laughs> you demanding when the situation uh calls for it, you know which uh mm-hmm. which i really appreciate yeah she's one of the first people to come in and just being like 
uh, with Dwight in the in the Beaumont Adams and the gun incident of just like what is like <laughs> what are we doing here? Like she's able to come in and just be like have some clear eyes. She's just really good like, at what? cutting through and being like it doesn't make any sense. Beaumont Adams is a girl's gun. Or she's like, I know, right? One person's job that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. You know, like she's really yeah, good at cutting through. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to do something about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you gonna kill me? <laughs> Speak. Anyway, shout out to Joe Bennett, and uh, yes, but again, sure. you know, she's not really even in the way that like David Wallace had a friendship or not a friendship, but he had a relationship with Michael, and even had a friendship yeah. with Jim. Like mm-hmm. pretty clearly for a while. Like again, Joe Bennett is not um, given an, a real ally, or she's not doesn't have a relationship. Probably because she's a she, professional, and she's like, I'm not going to have friends here. But she chooses to bring Michael close so that she can kind of get to the bottom of this scenario. Yes. You know, she relates to him on right. a very yes. personal level. That's um, true. Yeah. You know, which I you know it, it, it is nice. I, I'm just thinking of when uh, I don't remember what Michael says. Something like, "Are you going to kill me?" And she's like. <laughs> I have lunch with the chief of police. Uh, Before we, uh, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about some gals behind the camera, but was there any other characters, character pairings that, that we want to talk about? Nothing major for me, but it's worth acknowledging that like there are a lot of moments and many more that we haven't covered or or, like, and it's not that we're, I think, missing them or skipping them. It's just, you know, we're trying to find, uh, I don't know, series of moments to give a different look and feel around this topic, you know, Mm -hmm. it's worth, it's Mm -hmm. worth mentioning, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, we should also say shout out. There is one female friendship and relationship we haven't even touched on, which is Aaron and Irene down in Florida. That's true. Who, <laughs> God, who, I love Irene. Who, uh, who band together to basically kick Andy out of it. And you know what? Yes. Irene was right. Andy wasn't the guy. Lance, you know, put a ring on it, Lancelot. And uh, got to say, life of the series. in terms of a female relationship that, that transcends generations, ages, they seem to really click and uh, help each other out. You don't yeah. just, you don't make a video chat, you video chat. <laughs> That's a terrible password. <laughs> yeah, shout out to shout out to I I feel like Irene and Joe Bennett could have been a real couple hellraisers back in the day together. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. Uh <laughs> Well, um well, let's talk a little bit about um, some women who uh, worked on The Office. I think, of course, it's worth mentioning that Mindy Kaling was um, was a writer for almost the entire mm-hmm. series. Um, and uh, and she's actually she's talked openly about her experiences being like a woman, a, a person of color, uh, being in that writer's room, which was pretty much mostly made up of men besides um, Jennifer Salata. Who was also, I believe, a showrunner for um, a short period of time. Is that right? Maybe I should check. Yeah, um, she. I know Jen Salata also produced seasons two, two through six. Yeah. Um, and directed three episodes. Yeah, she's a big mm. part of the show. Yeah. Um, and she's also acknowledging uh, the bloopers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's always in the bloopers. She 
Well, there's one <laughs> moment in particular. There are a lot of blooper moments that I'm thinking of over the course of this episode. Uh, like when Joe Bennett's like, you ever been to the circus, Paul? <laughs> uh, but, uh, there's a moment when, like, I think someone behind the camera starts laughing and Angela is like, Jen Zalata is our writer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, laugh. I think uh, Allison Jones may be the most... Uh, because it's her name, right? That pops up first at the end of almost every episode when the credits yeah, roll. Yeah, she was I think the she, casting yeah. director. Mm-hmm. Right. The first so names are usually like the showrunners or the people like... At the beginning of the show. But I mean, at the end credits, almost every single time, the first name is like Allison Jones or... Um, yeah. There's another, there's another quickly, name yeah. I'm forgetting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there's uh, Claire Scanlon who... Um, who was one of the editors, seasons five through nine, and she directed oh. two episodes and acted in two. Um, oh, who was she? Who was she on Do you screen? know who she was? You know? oh, uh, she I Pam? don't remember specifically. I know that she acted in Lecture Circuit and then she was in the finale, but I mean, like, a lot of the oh, three sure. were in the finale. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, and then she directed a- Angry Andy and Here Comes Trouble, is what. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh yeah, also um uh Sarah Levy who um was a camera operator for many seasons and kind of took over as as the cinematographer um near the end of the show. Uh she has incredible credits. She's worked on um yeah. It's Always Sunny, Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh I, most notably to me, actually, is that she was the cinematographer on the documentary Queen of Versailles. You guys, are you guys familiar with this movie? That's the Kevin James sitcom. <laughs> no, Damn it, I was, <laughs> was going to make a worse version of that joke, but yeah. Um, Queen of Versailles is a, a, yeah. is a great documentary if you haven't seen it. I'm sure it's on Netflix or something like that, but it's... Um, just a, a documentary all about uh, this extremely wealthy family kind of focusing on the uh, matriarch. And she is building like a Versailles replica, like for their house in Florida. And it's like this massive, massive house. And and it's I mean, if if Sarah Levy was the cinematographer, she's the one getting all this access to this family. And, uh, mm, right. and it's. It is really, really good, and it, it and it's and it's kind of funny too. Like it's you know it, it, they're very bizarre <laughs> people. Um, mm-hmm. It just seems like you know being being the camera operator for the office mockumentary you know lends itself so well to to documentary mm. filmmaking. So I'm glad to see that right. uh, that she's got that credit as well. Put that yeah. on the watch list. <laughs> Highly um... recommend. <laughs> Um, another uh, key female was uh, Carrie Bennett. Uh, she was the wardrobe designer, but she went to a paper company uh, in L.A. and took pictures oh. of like just the office and the workers there. And she took it back to Greg Daniels and him and some other you know important people. They ended up going back and doing videography there. And that's essentially where they got the look and aesthetic of the office. And oh, she cool. worked uh, closely with Phil Shea, um, the pops person. Um, 
and making sure that they got things like that were for like from Scranton, like firefighter uniforms, logos, the Mm -hmm. radio stickers and all that stuff. So she was actually very instrumental in uh, how the office looks, both both wardrobe and just set design in general. So there's a lot of females like that really brought it to the office. Totally. That made it what it is. That is really amazing because I feel like I feel like that really is above and beyond, you know, doing research like that where she's going out on her own, going into a place and like having to kind of like introduce yourself and what you're doing. Is it okay if I take a photo of you? Is it okay if I take a photo of your office? Like, you know, I think I think, um, you know, working in, in film production myself, there's not always time you know, for, for things like that. And, and right, uh, yeah. sometimes that sort of research doesn't get done. And that's um, what she said, no time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's really, that is really incredible. And I think is a, is a certainly points to like one of the reasons that the show is so good. So that's, that's amazing that, that she did that. Love it. I'm thinking now um, isn't uh wasn't Carrie Kemper also a writer on the show? Ellie Kemper's sister. Um, I feel like yeah, she has um, she has forty eight writing credits, um, just in general, and then like specifically, she wrote Ultimatum and um appeared on The Whale. She's uh she's the assistant. Yes, that uh yeah yeah. yeah. Oh, that's right. oh yes. uh, (laughs) Uh, Well, should we? Should we head into the conference room? Any other last notes or any? Well, yeah, I just want to say, um, or yeah, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I guess I don't, I don't really have anything left. I think. You're like no, Kevin when he gets the attention of the room. And <laughs> everyone, <laughs> everyone is listening <laughs> to me. Um, what do I guess? I wait, think? <laughs> did, I, I mean, I guess Kayla, d- to give you the floor, is there anything else that you have you wanted to cover with this topic? Like, really appreciate you joining mm-hmm. us and like taking us through it or helping being with us for this conversation. Uh, is there anything else you wanted you. to cover? Really or talk fun. About? Um, not that I can really think of. It's just uh, whenever you were saying earlier about how the moments are spread out through the seasons and then uh you talked about how like there's only one female in each department and how they're kind of spread out through the office it's like that like kind of mirrors itself Mm. so Mm -hmm. like that was kind of yeah it's just it's like bam it's like right there in front of us like yeah that's exactly how the females created each other creed and phyllis had switched desks it's like what else would have happened like what would have just emerged over time you know (laughs) just from them Mm. being right next to each other (laughs) <laughs> it also makes me think a little bit of um you know we're talking yes like these are you know it's more of a series of moments that we're alluding to rather than a series of relationships but it's also it makes me think of tim from the british office saying that life is a series of moments you know um mm-hmm. and that's so much of what the beauty of what yeah. the office is yeah. yeah very nice well what say nice. we take a moment and go to the conference room what say Let's we do say we do conference room everybody now this week in the conference room slash trivia segment i believe kayla is going to uh take us to trivia yes uh so i did another hosting of a trivia give- giveaway um so i had listeners from both the facebook group and discord send me some Ooh. questions for you guys awesome. um, oh. i did kind of reword them and try to take out key information to make it a little bit harder because i do it. want because the the prize that they get if they stump you 
is an item from the MSPC store of their choosing. They can choose whatever. Whoa. MSPCstore.com. Whoa. Yes. Man, yeah. can, can, can I, great mugs can I join this? No, wait. I think <laughs> it would be it's worth us question. notice. We should note that the store right now only contains bumper stickers and cameos from Sean. So that's what you get. It's <laughs> not really garbage for your entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys ready to dive on into this? Let's do it. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware and get the hell home. Our first question is from Jita Baker. What age did Michael lose his virginity? 28. 20. Yes. 28. Nice. That's it from season five of episode one, weight loss. And then again for seven years. (laughs) (laughs) It's not current. All right. (laughs) The next question is from Megan Barnes. Uh, What three things does Jim say are the three ingredients for a great party? Hmm. No boss, I feel like, is, is one of them. Yes, I'll take that. Karaoke machine? Yes. Plenty of booze? Yes. Three cases of imported beer. That's from season two, episode nine, email surveillance. Oh, all right. Pass that one together. Nice. Yeah, I, keep it, I always keep a pair set in the car. <laughs> <laughs> a high to key rock, Jim. Really? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next we have about, Aaron. Oh, sorry, go, oh, go ahead. No, I'm just no, wasting ahead. time. I was thinking about Phyllis singing karaoke. <laughs> we were... Uh, Talking about her earlier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Next, we have Aaron from Dunder Mifflin, Spokane. Um, Michael and Holly spill the beans about the Buffalo Branch closing during their slum Dunder Mifflin air skit. Before reading the question about which branch will be closing next, how much money does Holly say the answer is worth? (laughs) Oh, man. It's not one million dollars, is it? I was going to guess a million dollars. Yeah. Not a million for twenty. Yeah, uh, for twenty million dollars. I don't know. No. <laughs> what did All right, you well, say? Well, I think Edward and I used our guess. Sean, you get one. Oh last yeah, guess. yeah. If we don't get more guesses, then yeah. Oh, I said. Uh, he said twenty million. So I, I said twenty million. That was my. Guess. Uh, it is five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand. Yeah, and of course that's. I mean, it's like who five. wants to be a millionaire structure, right? Where it's like right, yeah. Like yeah, you could have just like started guessing all of the numbers. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, company picnic. But we got one. All right, congrats, Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, nice. so next one's from Laura B. Uh, Pete says Clark is not his friend. Who does he say are his friends? Ooh, oh. Scotty. I'll take that. Yeah, Scott. Uh. It's like Nate, Scotty, and Mike, or something like that. That's not even. Nope, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't have this one. I, don't I know, know this. I can know uh, this. Moment. Yeah, there's Scott. I'll, I'll guess. Uh, a- Scott, Jake, and Shadow or Garth. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, did you want to guess? Um, I feel like there's one that's like a, it's like Scott's. It's not like Dougie, but it's like a uh, something like that. I, I don't know. I, I, no. Scott, you guys are like nowhere near any. Tyler, Scott is Glenn. there a Tyler? 
No, it's Scott, Glenn, <laughs> and Rob. Glenn. Uh, <laughs> Glenn and Rob. It's like right. these one-syllable names. Yeah. Glenn yeah. and Rob. It's always sunny, a couple names. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. All right. Congrats, Laura B. Uh, next, uh, The next two are from Brianna, the owner of the Discord. Oh, yes. Hey, now. Uh, so her first one is, while playing basketball, Michael is hit in the face. What kind of foul does he claim to have been a victim of? Uh, <laughs> flagrant. There's more to it than that. Oh, I need say, to like, say, I need to save my guess. Foul. If I'm gonna like make a guess, yeah. I need to be it's very like, it's <laughs> like, does he yeah. say like, yeah, does he say like flagrant technical foul or something? It's along those lines. Yeah. Is it like okay? Is it offensive flagrant <laughs> charging? No, that's what I'm thinking. Huh. Oh, good guess though. That was a good, yeah, that was good. Sean, flagrant. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Good I'll guess. I'll I'll take us home. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll I I I don't know. Flagrant. Uh, technical. I I don't know. Personal foul. <laughs> personal foul. <laughs> oh, that's so cl- you got the closest. It's a oh. flagrant personal intentional foul. Mm. <laughs> ah. Flagrant that's a good one. That's a good question. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. All right, her second question is what shape is Andy and Angela's planned wedding cake? Planned wedding. Uh, I'm going to guess yacht shaped or boat shaped. <laughs> I know that's not it. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a sailboat. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. It said uh, oh. season five, episode 11, the duel after everything is settled Hell and he yeah. gets on the phone and he starts uh, canceling, canceling things. He says it then. Sometimes you got to trust your gut. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you get a piece of MSBC merch. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah! Congrats, Brianna, on the on your first question. You get yes, yes. You did one on that one. Okay, the next one's from Maddie Horn. Um, when Devin is fired, he lists off people who he welcomes to grab uh, a drink with him at Four Richards. Who are yeah. the people he constitutes as the rest of you? Then can go to hell. The, who's okay, the wait, rest of well, them? Wait, wait, yeah, who is not invited? Yeah, if we what, what is like what counts as our guests as we list people off? Like what when are we in or out? You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. The temp is say... one for sure. You're guessing who isn't invited. Ah, yeah, we're so, so who Creed is, not, is invited. not invited. Okay. Michael Creed is not, not invited. invited. Angela is not invited. Yes, there's Dwight, one more. Dwight is not invited. Yes. There you go. Nice. Nice work. <laughs> Yeah, the wording on that one's. Now a little... I feel bad because now, like the excitement of getting it right means someone doesn't get something. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking about that. Good job, guys. <laughs> Them's the rules. I mean, this is what they signed up for. They knew. What they were doing. Yeah. All right. Next is from Harley Rose. What is the name of the movie Ryan yeah. Howard pitches to Jim and Daryl? Oh, oh such a good like question. athlete Ryan Howard. Yes. Oh, gosh. I feel like it involves Ryan Howard having a superpower. 
I think it has to do with his nickname for sure. I I don't know. I'm tapping out. I I don't know. I could make something up, but I've no I, idea. I definitely don't know this. Okay, I think it's like <laughs> the big piece, and then there's something after it, but I don't. No, that's it. It's just the big piece. Okay. Nice. Nice. Very that's nice. That's season nine, episode nineteen promos. Eat fresh. <laughs> All right, and Harley Rose has a second question. What okay. three items are in the apology basket that Dwight gives to Ryan from Moe's? <laughs> uh, Something Moe's whittled. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Some fat back bacon. Yes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> nice. And one more. I think it's eggs. Yes. Eggs. Oh. That is all three. That's a good question. It's yeah. a great basket. And a great little thing that most whittled. Like, yeah. yeah, we've talked about that. That is like modeled after one of the most like earliest carvings ever found. That's like, right. Oh, really? Prehistory humans. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, it's called, uh, what's it, the statue of something or the, it's a super famous, valuable. Wasn't it in thing, the young just Pope? Like that. <laughs> Remember, I'm asking Alex because he liked that show. There was show is so unhinged and amazing. <laughs> I remember we were living together when you were watching that show. You, <laughs> it was insane. It show is insane. Once, once you see yeah, a montage yeah. of an L- LMFAO song playing over Jude Law blowing up, a Pope's yeah. Hat. Yeah, it's, you're just like, wow, what is this? I'm sexy this is I know it. All right, we're off yeah, topic. Watching right, him but... get dressed in best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question is from okay. Mary Scott. And this is name six moments that happen in the parking lot of the office building. And extra credit is to name moments that happened in other parking lots. Okay. Just six moments that happened in the parking lot? Really? Yes. And uh, they made an answer key for this? I have you one. You copied now. it and distributed it. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Pam timing Dwight while he runs around the building. Okay. Does that count mm-hmm. as one? I'll take it. Michael meeting Michael meeting Dwight secretly while Charles is in charge on the side <laughs> of the building. Okay. I guess these are in the alleyway. Um, yeah, I think we're going. Dwight's. How about Dwight's snowman? Dwight's snowman nightmare he makes for Jim. Sure. Okay. Yes. Um. The the fire. Everybody playing Desert Island in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Andy Michael pooping in on David. Oh yeah. Uh, sorry, Michael's Michael's workplace safety. Everyone's in the park. Uh, Daryl with the uh, megaphone. You brave yes. heart. You brave heart, <laughs> Mike. Hmm? Andy pooping on David Wallace's car. <laughs> Not on your and uh, let's just throw in the duel. Andy Andy and Dwight duel. duel. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking f- Nate choosing the weapon <laughs> to fight the beehive with. Oh, great call. Yeah. <laughs> really good, good call. Good Michael call. hitting Meredith with his car. Mm-hmm. Creed telling him to let it let, uh, keep it running. Um, <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Michael like, again, snow like shoveling. Again, there's a lot of little moments. Yeah. Michael getting all the snow out of his car. Uh, <laughs> Dwight looking for the the pervert by stabbing a sharpened <laughs> broom handle yeah. into the, <laughs> the head. Stanley finding, Stanley finding the watermelon on his car. Mm-hmm. Um, Oscar showing everyone his bike. 
Oh yes. yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's find. Let's get one. Let's get a couple. Let's get a bonus point. Let's do an other parking lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, rehab. In which rehab I will say, parking Jim. Lot. <laughs> yes. I will say Jim reclining in his chair all the way back as oh Karen approaches oh, in the national good. park. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, M- Ryan and uh, Dwight throwing eggs at the uh, place where they botched the sales call. That's oh, yeah. great. Yeah, one. that's a good one. Uh, Andy acting as Path the Mechanic during Mafia. Jew <laughs> <laughs> Mechanic. You guys are giving some good answers. A lady in distress. <laughs> Go! Um, when they uh, tape up Michael's bumper in uh, Prince Family Paper after oh, they, yeah. oh my they try God. to peel out. Yeah. And they, they, they... When Jan pulls up drunk to pick up Michael after the call center job and walks around the car. You drive. Ooh. How was that problem? <laughs> I'm too drunk. go. <laughs> <laughs> I had too I much wine. Go. <laughs> I didn't go. All right. Yeah. Also, awesome. that's, that's pretty covered. I like okay. some of them are kind of bigger Jim, moments. Last like one. A, Jim falling over drunk okay. on his bike at Stanford. Parking <laughs> yeah. Um. So like Jim declares his love to Pam. Mm, uh, yes. Pam unfreezing when Jim hugs her. Uh, Michael hitting Toby scaling the fence after touching Pam's leg. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Dwight getting a concussion whenever he runs into the pole. Um, Andy proposing to Angela. Mm -hmm. Oscar talking to the cleaning staff. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you assume they only speak Spanish? (laughs) Uh, There's 12 drummers drumming. Kevin hits a turtle. Uh, Mm Michael starts My falling guy. in love with Holly at Toby's going away party. But yeah, Andy's doing the robot while the construction machines all pull oh, yeah. out. Andy. <laughs> this one's for Joe wonders how he's going to pay his orphanage bills this month. That's my favorite line. And I use that like so often. I've gotten, I've gotten like my comments been removed because they're like, that doesn't have anything to do with the office. And I'm like, what? Wow. <laughs> we, didn't even, we didn't even say the goodbye Toby party or hey place. No. Nope. Mm. Yeah. So like yeah, a lot episodes. of stuff happens in the parking lot. Yeah. We should do an episode of pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that, that pretty much covers it. Cool. Wow. So so just to reiterate, who are our winners? Uh let me go back over that. It was Brianna so, one got one. Yeah, Brianna Winners won. Prove me right. Losers prove me wrong. <laughs> uh Aaron from Dun- Dunder Mifflin Spokane and Spokane. Laura B. Nice. Well, congratulations to you guys. Uh, Thank you for for everyone who submitted questions. And and, uh, thank you, Kayla, for being here and for for everything that you do. Thank you so much. Um, You're such an important part of this podcast. And it's been great to have you you you. on for a couple episodes. Yeah. Uh, We'll definitely do it again soon. if uh, if you listening at home uh, want to write in some moments, uh, some some uh, some Galentine's moments that we didn't mention, uh, email us at mspodcastcompany at gmail.com or you can call us by leaving us a message at 503-694-9314. Uh, check out our store, mspcstore.com. Join our Discord. Uh, and uh, you can also support us through Patreon, patreon.com slash Scott. Five bucks a month gets you Scott's Tots access to ad-free main feed episodes, as well as a bonus mailbag episode every month where we where we answer every question on Patreon. 
It also gets you access to the deeper Discord channels uh, where there's a lot going on. There's some toast talk, uh, a lot of other fun stuff. Uh, some bonus series. Yes. So uh, very, very special thanks to the Scott's Tots for supporting us. We love you guys. Thank you to Kayla and to Brianna for running our Discord. Uh, Thank you to Ryan Lloyd, who designs our artwork. Uh, This episode was recorded uh, on location in uh, Portland, Oregon, Kansas City. And where are you again, Alex? (laughs) Borrego Springs, California. Borrego Springs, California, USA, and Zurich, Switzerland. Uh, thank you for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us for spending a little bit of time. Uh, just know that we appreciate everyone that listens, uh, interacts with the show, sends us emails, voicemails, uh, follows us on Instagram. Uh, it just means a lot that we get to keep doing the show after all this time. And uh, you're the biggest part of that. So uh, thank you as always. We love and appreciate everyone. Uh, take care. Stay safe. See you next week. Pippity poppity. Give me the zoppity. Yes, yes sir. sir. Closing time. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Good night. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.